You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you are listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast with me, your host, Hamish Carton. Lots and lots to discuss today in the podcast. We've got the best of the weekend's action to look back on and we've also got the, the most fantastic day of the year. It's the transfer deadline day with deals being done up and down the country and actual money being paid by Scottish clubs, which doesn't always happen. And I'm also delighted to say I've got a massive, massive cast in the studio today. Take me a while to introduce them all. So we have Ross Clark. Delighted to be here. You always say that, don't you? <coughs> Well, just speaking the truth. Johnny Clark. I'm also delighted to be here. Hopefully I sound a bit more delighted than Ross, though. <laughs> Callum Fisher. Afternoon, Hamish. How are you? Not bad, thank you. Lewis Kemp. What's up? Connor Park. Afternoon, how are you? And Matt Finlay. Good to be here, Hamish. And we'll also have our very own Callum Scott joining us later on to discuss the, the happiest news of his weekend, the news that made his weekend, and probably his 2016 that Gary Locke resigned on Saturday evening as manager of Kilmarnock. We'll come on to that later on. But Lewis Kemp, where do you want to start? Uh, I just um, love putting him in the spot. I just love it. I think we have to start with Sunday and the capitulation, which was uh, Celtic against Ross County. Or, or you can maybe say the fantastic result for Try Ross not County. To sound too depressed, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's always two ways to look at this. What I want to do is look at both sides of the argument. We'll start off with Celtic and come on to the, the brilliance of Ross County later on. Uh, probably fitting to come to you first, Lewis. Uh, just another another horrible defeat for Celtic at Hamden. You can add Ross County to the list of St Mirren, Kilmarnock, Ross County Rangers, Ross County the first time, Inverness, Inverness last, last season, year, yeah. probably missing a few as well. First question, what is it about Celtic at Hamden? What is it? Well, but I mean, I kind of thought it was more a um, more a thing with Neil Lennon's tenure in charge, where we seem to bottle semi-finals. But um, apparently, that's not the case. Um, I, I mean, it was really weird because you know we scored you know within twenty-seven seconds or something. Twenty-six. Uh, Twenty-six. And um, I actually said to Johnny at the time watching it, I'm like uh, minus five. Like, I, I genuinely thought we were going to go on and uh, completely uh, trounce County because, I mean, re- even right after that, you know, defensively, they were an absolute shambles, but they... F.A. Ambrose happened. Yeah, well... It wasn't his fault, really. Mm, I think Luce Stiggs... Qu- question that, question that was asked, does, I mean, there's no doubt that's the main changing turning point in the match. Should F.A. Ambrose, and it's easy to say in hindsight... I'll bring you in, Matt. Should he just let uh, who, who was it? He took down. Sorry, was it, it uh, Shalke? Should he just let him pass and score? Because worst case scenario, it's one all, and Celtic still have the full complement of players. I, I don't think a professional would ever do that. To be honest, I, any right-minded professional wouldn't um, just allow a player through to kind of score. Um, I think he was his positioning was a bit poor for the goal, um, so he was kind of tracking back, and then obviously he, he took him down. I'd I think that who was it sorry that ran through? Chalk, uh, Chalk, Chalk. I think that he wouldn't have got the ball. I think Craig Gordon would have gathered it. So, in that sense, you know, you know, if he didn't actually touch him, then it, Craig Gordon I think would have gathered. I don't think it would have scored. So, uh, but I think defenders' natural reaction was to just stick out a leg and then 
and it happens, you know, it happens all the time. The referee's put in a difficult position, but he knows that if he doesn't, if he doesn't send him off, then like the majority would be thinking, well, that was a goal scoring opportunity. My issue with it though is that is he even like sticking out a leg? You know, it, it seems like he doesn't really know what he's doing. I mean, if like I agree with you, I mean, he shouldn't just um, kind of just walk walking by him almost. You know, he should make a challenge, but he doesn't really make a challenge. He just kind of. I think he's trying to avoid them, and then he, he, he sort of clips them, and oh, listen, Schalke's um, more than um, in the right place to, to go down, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, and there's no qualms there, it is a, a 100% a penalty, but, um, you know, as you said, I think Gordon is getting it, I think he's yeah. getting there, and, you know, from that perspective, I don't know what Ambrose was doing, to be honest, mm-hmm. I, I kind of agree with you saying, Ross, about uh, Lustig, I think, you know, he should have been tracking him anyway, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's Ambrose's mistake, and, um, he should have no. Um, it, it, there should be no arguments as to you know the penalty and the sending off. So no arguments about the penalty, Ross, and certainly no arguments about the way it was finished off by Woods. Really good penalty. Yep, excellent penalty. I think they were saying he hadn't scored all season. Um, it was his first goal of the season, but he took it really well. Um, and I think that, as you pointed out, that was a turning point um, for the game. So it's one all. Celtic are down to ten men. What did you make of the the kind of remainder of that half then, Lewis? See, like I mean, you're saying it's the the turning point was penalty, and obviously it was. But I think it's something that has to be um, spoken about as well. I think was uh, Graham came on as well, maybe what half an hour into the first half or something. I think that was the way they kind of uh, changed their uh, changed their kind of formation uh, and and the way they were playing. I think that had a big part to do with it as well because we saw in the kind of early stages just how easy it was for Celtic to kind of cut through the defence. I mean, there was pretty much no, there was it was insanely easy, and and that's why I thought we were going to go absolute trouncing. But um, you know. Celtic never really looked like scoring, really. Obviously, apart from um, the penalty, which came later, um, and I think that that penalty, to be honest, kind of summed up Celtic's uh, day and that kind of performance. Was it the right decision by Ronnie Dyla to take off Callum McGregor, Johnny? I mean, because he took Callum McGregor off, obviously, uh, to put on the new new signing Eric Sviachenko at the back when maybe Stuart Armstrong or even Gary McKay Stephen would have been a better option. I think maybe Gary McKay Stevens stayed on because of the goal he scored. I think maybe you've got to give him that. Um, I think the question you've got to think you've got to think about is everyone's looking at FA Ambrose and saying, "Oh, it's his mistake. It's almost his fault that the games the games ended up three one to Ross County." But you've got to look at the decision to start Ambrose. I mean, Sviatchenko's on the bench there. I know it would have been his debut, but. Is he a better option than Ambrose? I think from what we saw, he's certainly a better option. I, I think he actually, in a terrible team performance, he actually looked okay, Sviachenko. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you could say it was a great debut because obviously it wasn't. nobody played well, maybe with the exception of Kieran Tierney. Uh, but I mean, I thought Sviachenko did okay. He's certainly a better option than Ambrose. I know Simeonovic, I think, is injured as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say you saw your third and fourth choice centre-backs playing yesterday at the start for Celtic with Boyata and Ambrose. I don't think you'll see much more at either of them this season. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk a bit about Ross County then. Callum Fisher, I'll bring you in because they were really excellent. I mean, two fantastic goals and the 100% deserved a victory. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, we were just saying kind of before we started recording, it could have been more as well had Gordon not produced a, a good Jackson save Irvin. from Jackson Irvin. Um, well worthy of their win, I think, and... You know, it just—I th- I think Derek Ray was saying last week in the pod as well. You know, for when he was sort of younger, to think of Ross County in the position they are in the league, 
now would be unthinkable at that point and to think this is only their second ever cup final as well um, it's, it's really impressive and, and well worthy of their place in the cup final Yeah, Connor Park, I mean Ross County beat Celtic a couple of years ago that was a famous, famous win in the Scottish Cup but this isn't quite as big as it simply because Ross County are now an established club it's almost, I mean it's obviously still a big shock them putting out the current holders and the top team in the country Celtic but we aren't quite as surprised as possibly we would have been beforehand no, you're not. I mean, you need to consider that at the time of the first shock, um, you had Ross County as a first division side. Um, I, they've not exactly, you know, been a team that's um, had had a great record against Celtic or anything. But um, when on their day, I don't think anybody could deny that they're not capable of getting something off of Celtic. Uh, the red card yesterday undoubtedly helped, but they put in a very, very good, solid, strong team performance. Uh, and overall, they, they deserve their, their, their win. And I think it's a massive day and it's a great occasion for them. It's something to look forward to. They're challenging well in the league uh, to get that top six, if not further. They're sitting in fourth just now. So it, it gives them a great kind of half this season. Uh, and it gives them a, a very exciting end to, to what's been already, uh, as I say, a great, great season for them. And Celtic, of course, in good company, have been knocked out in the League Cup this year by Ross County. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the thing that you can't actually argue against with these two finalists is they've both beaten form teams. Um, yeah. Ross County, when, when they played Celtic, obviously in form, when they played Falkirk, they were in form. Uh, Hibs putting out St Johnston, putting out Dundee United, Aberdeen. putting out Aberdeen. They're actually probably very, very worthy finalists, the two of them. Um, and that's something you can't take away from them. There's been no kind of luck of the draws. They've had to work very, very hard, both of them, to get where they are. And they deserve their day out And I think it's March at Hamden. And in terms of Celtic Lewis, I'll, I'll bring you back into it. The question that I probably I shouldn't elaborate too much. Is it time for, for Dyla to go? Um, um, we've discussed this in the pod uh, numerous times. Um, for me, it's if Dyla was sacked tomorrow, there wouldn't be... There wouldn't be any real uh, outcry, I think, from the support. Yeah. Um. I was the, I was of the same opinion a couple of months back as well. I think the problem is is who do you get to replace him? I think the reason why Dyla hasn't gone is because we don't the board don't think there's a better replacement for him out there. People will say stuff like you know David Moyes, but for me, if Moyes was ever a, an option for Celtic, I think uh, Dyla would not still w- wouldn't still be uh, in the hot seat at the moment. Yeah, we were looking at possible replacements last night and it was it was quite a depressing list for Celtic fans you've got Moyes who I don't think is no, as you no say, I don't think and then you look at someone like Larson who would just be a name as opposed yeah. to an actual proven manager at the moment there's not really I mean Alan Stubbs someone like that maybe it would be somebody it would end up being the cheap option and it would be someone like John Collins oh, which, is, which is an even more horrifying thought to think about yeah so the future for Celtic what is it for this season now do you think um, just focusing on winning the league comfortably and uh, making a good run in the Scottish Cup. Hopefully, winning it. Final word on Ross County, Ross, because you're Ross. <laughs> well, <laughs> no other reason Terrible than that. Link. Um, no, I think the, 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 their results probably slipped a wee bit under the radar just with how poor Celtic were. Um, so I think you've got to give them credit because they came out and after going a goal down. Um, you know, they went for it, they really attacked and I think they were deserving. Sorry, that wasn't really a final word, but yeah. Thanks, Ross. Uh, so, Ross County are into the Showpiece League Cup final at Hamden in March where they will play Hibernian. Hibs themselves were a 2-1 win over St. Johnson at their rivals 
on ground on Saturday, Tynecastle. And um, what do we make of this one, Matt? It seemed like a deserved win in the end for Hibs. Yeah, I watched the highlights back and I listened to a bit of it on the on the radio. And it, um, it sounded like Hibs were worthy of the win. St Johnston, I think, admitted it, to be honest. I think and Tommy Wright um, and a couple of their players actually did say, like, Hibs were probably the deserved team. However, you have to look at a, a bit of a dodgy decision, right, that changed the game, ultimately. Um, bit of a... Let's just, let's, okay, Ross, on you go. Let's just get this right. I right. know everyone's saying dodgy decision. I think you've got to look at Liam Henderson yep. for diving. Yeah, no, that's what I'm. That's what I was going decision. on. At. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to make the point um, that the referee. Is, I'm just watching the highlights back now, and the referee's um, view is slightly obstructed by um, Murray Davidson coming in. So I think that they're obviously. I mean. The immediate reaction for me probably is a penalty, but when you look at it, he's looking for it and he's dived. He's completely he's taken the, he's just he's completely fallen over, and it's a shame on on St. Johnson that they that they were kind of hampered by this early on in the game. Certainly looks like it was two penalties that changed both semi-finals because St. Johnson, as uh, Matt said, there Johnny, they seem to struggle to re- reply after going behind there. Well, I don't know if I'm about struggling to reply because it only took them four minutes to equalise. With, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think ultimately it did probably win Hibs the game. Um, just a word on John McGinn as well. I think I've, I've seen someone say that he's you got to consider John McGinn for for Scotland. He's playing so well just now. And Strachan was on the on the crowd for the game. I thought he, he could have been right? watching anyone though. Can yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think if we're considering John McGinn for Scotland, then there's a fair few players uh, at my team that could be considered as well. Then, just to, so we're not talking about your team. So I know. I'm just I saying. It's, you know. <laughs> Johnny, restore some normality. I think as well for the the Hibs players that are on loan at uh, um, uh, sorry the Celtic players that are on loan at Hibs, they'll they'll be delighted. I know that they've probably you, it'd be weird to say they're delighted watching their own team mm. go out of the cup but they get to play in the final I think that's how much would you have loved to have spoken to Henderson before and just asked him and I gone know. what do you want to happen on Sunday because A his team gets to the final and his team he play, pays his wage and all that wins maybe a trophy or at least gets to mm-hmm. the final or B he can play in the final because they don't go through it must have been what, what do you think he would have wanted there seriously play in the final. do you think yeah. probably footballers are they always go on about oh it's not about me it's about the team when really they're thinking mm-hmm. you would have said that if you, da- if you didn't interview him so you would have just said oh yeah. well, obviously I'd like to see Celtic go well and so on so. I think Stokes would have been interesting as well so he won't dial away so he can uh, <laughs> so he can find himself back in the Celtic team it's one win for Anthony Stokes isn't it he's done quite well uh, so this final you've got Hibs and St Johnson how do you rate that one how do you gauge it? I'll go around the table starting with you, Lewis. Who is the favourite for that one? <sighs> uh, well, I mean, we were talking about this in the sports scene last night and um, I think Pat and Evans said St Johnston were slight favourites because they were in a league above, but... I'd Ross County. Uh, sorry, uh, Ross County, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think... I, I don't know, I think Hibs have, on paper... Maybe you could argue the stronger team, but it's, let's be honest, it's very, very tight between the teams. Uh, there is not a lot between them, and I'm actually really looking forward to it. I know we're out, and I'm disappointed by that, but I think in terms of the neutral, I think this will be a really entertaining final. Um, I think you would fancy Hibs. I, I think just there seems to be something about them, uh, particularly in this competition, where you would fancy them, but never, ever count out Hibs' ability to Hibs it. So, Hibs it. <laughs> um, as I say, I think it'll be it's, it's a tough one to call, but I think Hibs will probably win it. It'll be 
it'll be interesting to see how St Johnson adapt to life without Michael Halloran. Um Perhaps that could play a. again. This is your fault, Hamish. By um, no, uh, Hibs County. I think County are obviously the the Premiership side, but there's just something about Hibs just now. I think they they just look very good. Um, I think they showed that on Saturday. The fact that they can go out and beat um, Premiership opposition quite comfortably. <laughs> Um, so I think you've got to look at Hibs to be honest I think throughout that squad they've got quality you know the likes of McGinn you've got Jason Cummings you know two of Scotland's best probably Scotland's two best young players just now um, so yeah I'd probably go with Hibs although as we saw on Sunday don't don't count out County Johnny Clark um, go for your Highlander boys yeah I'll back County I think County I don't know if you would say they're favourites but I've got a feeling for them um, I know it's, it's been pointed out, it doesn't take a, a genius to recognise that Hibs are a Premiership standard side. I mean, we pointed out last week, I think we we said they would finish fifth or top half in the in the, in the Premiership if they were in it this season. So they're much and such the same with Ross County. It'll be a very close game, I think. But I'll back County. I think that's something we all agree. It'll be quite close, Matt. Uh, yeah, no, it will be. I think it'll be a cracking final. Um, hopefully it's a good atmosphere as well. I mean, Probably a similar atmosphere, probably to the the Falkirk uh, Inverness Cup final last year. You know, like a lot of kind of mm. maybe neutrals wanting to go to it because although Hibs will take a massive following, Hibs will probably they'll get the bulk of the ground. They'll probably get about twenty three, twenty four thousand. Probably the, the one that comes to my mind is St Mirren Hearts a few years back. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, yeah, similar I suppose to that. So, yeah, but County. I mean, you only seen it yesterday how small they really are with their fan base. I mean, there was only I, th- I don't even know what the attendance was. It was, was twenty two. I think it was maybe what. Two and a half. Yeah, they only had that like section that. in the main stand, so they'll obviously bring a big fall in from the from yeah. the Highlands. I mean, that that is just where their support lies, pretty much. So um, it'll be a good game. Uh, it'll be a close game, but I th- I'm hoping. I'd like to see County win it. I think. Would, that, yeah. I think for the final, they've got to get the ticket pricing right. Yeah, you know, just do get in schools. You know, offer buy one ticket, get a kids ticket free. You know, just get it right. Yeah. Get, I think get certainly with Hibs, with Hibs, there's a massive potential. I don't think getting thirty thousand Hibs fans is unrealistic if you if you price it right for mm-hmm. a final that they think they can win. I mean, they brought to the game against Hearts. They obviously sold twenty four thousand Celtic the year later. Yeah. They sold twenty four thousand for a game they won. I don't know. I mean, Kelly Cow. Good if we had him on, he could tell us what uh, they had when they played Kelly. They probably had what thirty thirty thousand or so. Um, so I mean, they're, they're certainly a club that has uh, the potential to to get a massive fan base. Connor Park prediction. <sighs> Why is it with loud exhales? I, um, I can't call it because I think we need to remember that by the time this is played, Ross County are likely to have a very fit Liam Boyce back and an eye dimension up front. I think you talk about Hibs attack, I think on their day, Ross County have shown they can be just as ruthless. Um, so I'm going to go for high score and I think uh, Ross County will win it on penalties. Can I can I just ask what were Hibs, were Hibs favourites against the Johnston? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Johnston were two to one. I right. think I think it was probably the crowd as well helped it. The, the fact that they yeah. had like three quarters of the stadium. Well, the same for the final, won't it? They'll have a massive majority. It'll probably. Yeah. I yeah. think it'll be about thirty Hibs and about. I think it'll be ten yeah, Ross 10. County. So it'll be about three three Hibs fans to every Ross County fan. So that's a it's like a home game basically for Hibs. Uh, obviously at Hamden though. So I think it'll be a cracker. I, I, I can't call it I'm trying to think um, I think you've got to maybe say Hibs because 
perhaps St Johnson are similar to Ross County in terms of the way they play the league position and Hibs have obviously been able to overcome them so I'd maybe put Hibs slightly ahead but then again Ross County have just beaten Celtic so it's a it's a really tough one to call I just hope it's a real good advert uh, I know it was a big game for you Matt but Aberdeen beating Inverness in the final a couple of years ago that was the worst game of football I've ever <laughs> seen so I'm hoping that uh, who was the final last year? I Celtic Dundee United wasn't great either, but I mean, I'm hoping like it was sim- similar to the Scottish Cup final. It's just a really good advert with lots of incidents and a good crowd and just a a good game. There's been like a different uh, finals in the last like it's been like, six well, different finals. The last eight, the last five like, winners: last Rangers, five, yeah. Kilmarnock, St Mirren, uh, Hearts, Hearts, yeah, Aberdeen. Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Aberdeen sorry, well, uh, yeah. Armageddon is what and, we call that, isn't and, it? And Celtic all haven't uh, held on to their trophy now in a row, so this will be the sixth different winner in a row, which is, I mean, boring old Mental. Scottish football, eh? boring old Scottish football. So we are really looking forward to that one. We've got that one. We've also got the Highlanders are doing well, aren't they? You've got Peter Head as well going for it in the Ramsons Cup or the Petrofact Training Cup, so that should be good as well. Lots and lots to look forward to there. Um, where do you want to go now? Where do you want to start in the Premiership? Dundee Motherwell, probably the obvious place for goals this weekend. On Saturday, that was played at Dens Park. And uh, it was two clubs that we said were, were fairly, maybe fairly even, quite tough to call. Motherwell took a really early lead. Uh, new signing, Chris Cadden, scored after four minutes from a Marvin Johnson cross. Uh, Paul McGowan equalised for Dundee. Then Stephen Pearson scored again for Motherwell. He's got really good, uh, rain, well, really good goal scoring form at the moment. A Kane Hemmings last minute penalty got a point for the Dens Park Club. How do you guys rate that result for both sides? Start with you, Ross. What a finish by the way for that boy Cadden. Yeah, that was yeah, a really, really good, good goal. Really good Some goal. strike. Um, yeah, I think it's a. If you were to offer Motherwell that before the game, I'm sure they'd have probably taken it. Um, but the fact they were up twice um, maybe a wee bit disappointed that they couldn't see the see the game out brilliant goal by Stephen Pearson as well I thought he looked brilliant um, that run was sensational uh, so yeah it shows you you can still do it at old age I think they've actually got it spot on Motherwell with the blend of youth and experience um, so that's good to see as for Dundee I think Paul McGowan's first goal in a year or something so He's a player that's fair, fair dipped in form. But overall, I'd say a draw is probably a fair result. Um, I think there are two sides who are... I know they're a wee bit away in the table, but I'd, I'd say they're two sides of pretty similar ability. Um, and I'm sure both managers wouldn't have been unhappy with a point. I know Matt McGee wasn't too chuffed, but I'm sure deep down he'll be quite content. Yeah, Motherwell are without a win in four league games. That was after they won those three games in a row in December. So they're without a win in four. They're ninth in the league, whereas Dundee are back into the top six actually, they got their their draw which uh, means that they're, they're without a win and two in the league as well but they're in sixth place with 30 points um, anything else to say from this game Lewis? Um, just Motherwell's inability to see out in our game I think they were I, I thought they were quite comfortable and just yeah the the penalty just completely knocked the stuffing out of them I think and I think, I think definitely Motherwell will be more disappointed than Dundee yeah. Anyone else, Johnny? Uh, we're struggling to talk about j- just to add far. here. Um, I think a couple of we've kind of written Motherwell out of the out of the relegation battle, but they're only two points ahead of Kilmarnock. Uh, I know Kilmarnock have played a couple of games extra there, but Mark McGee after the game, I think you said he was acted a bit disappointed, Ross, but he said it was a valuable point, and you know when we're when you're down there, every point counts, and away from home, and you know all the cliches, but. 
it does it's sort of reality check that Motherwell really aren't aren't safe at all. And despite you know the three three wins in a row in December, you know three wins don't get you uh, to where you want to be, and they're still in the mix there down the bottom. I think as well. I think he was me- more meaning he's missed out in two points. I think because he was feeling aggrieved at the penalty. I think he was more hinting towards that, which you, you know, obviously he's got a point. Two points is a big difference, but harsh so decision. The penalty It was interesting. It's still not clear whether he made he made contact. Whether I think I first viewing, first viewing, yeah. I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, um, and it, you know, it didn't. It didn't seem bizarre when you saw it first time, but obviously Motherwell felt aggrieved, but um, I thought it was a penalty. Either of these teams going to finish in the top six, Matt? Potentially. It's so close, though. I think it's... I mean, there's too many... There's <coughs> quite a few teams that have played, like, two games last. When you talk about Motherwell, they've played two more games more than Kelly. I still can't even... I don't think it's fair to even call Kelly out of the top six. I realise how that... But it's just... It's so close that you really can't call it, I think, down there, that there's, there's a lot of teams that are fighting for it, and I think there's going to be a lot of positions coming down to round out the last game or two, if I'm honest. And you obviously saw Dundee last week, Connor Park. Are they up to much? Was that your first time you've seen them this season? Because we've they've yeah. been a team we've we started the season giving them massive praise, and then we we faded and we we called them hopeless and other things about Christmas time, and then they seem to have maybe slightly picked things up. They're still going strong in the Scottish Cup, of course. A very winnable game at Dumbarton coming up at the weekend. Maybe things starting to look up a bit for them. They are in the top six after all. Yeah, I mean they are, and <coughs> they'll find some their chances to get into the quarterfinals. The fans certainly do. They've sold out already for Saturday. Um, and you know they're a club where the finishing fifth or sixth, wherever they end up, is not uh, anything to to be disheartened about. Really, they've got a great attack. Um, I think defensively that a couple issues um, I can't really comment such on Darren O'Day and what impression he's made at the back because he wasn't playing whenever I saw them um, but you know going forward always a threat but the the difference on the, on, on the night even going to last week was they were slightly more clinical um, they're the, the a good team um, and they look on paper and when they play fairly strong all over the park and I do think that on balance, looking at the teams that are below them, they are a top six side this year. Um, and, and I do expect them to sneak in there. Inverness will give them a run for their money, I don't doubt. But uh, certainly for me, I think they will make the last up the top six. A, a dogfight, you know, to avoid the playoffs or worse, you know, to avoid relegation at the moment. So, you know, every point counts. And, you know, to have, you know, almost over the line, uh, having a sort of heroic defensive performance in the second half I think that uh, we had another chance at the other end we probably should have finished the game I think you know we got our strategy was right um, I felt that we, we deserved to win the game and the referees you know made a terrible call really which um, has cost us the two points Yep that was Mark McGee there talking um, kind of positively about, about his team's chances although he did uh, realise that Motherwell do still have troubles that they need to try and sort now, to move on to managerless Kilmarnock, I'm delighted to say that our uh, very famous uh, Kelly fan, our number one Kelly fan, sorry about last week Callum for uh, calling a certain Twitter follower number one fan, you are of course our number one Kelly fan, um, how are you doing Callum? Uh, delighted, thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me. I just can't take that smile off your face, can I? You must be, you must be delighted to see uh, your, your favourite Kelly manager of all time, Gary Locke, depart the club. <sighs> I know, I know you guys would say different, but I, I don't, I, I don't want to see him do lost a job. I mean, it's, it's the, no, right, come on, right, it's, it's still the guy's livelihood. 
and and but it clearly wasn't working. You know, I mean, th- there's no need. To, I mean, there's no point in us getting hammered week after week and then going around three games undefeated. It just papers over the cracks. One of my <laughs> favourite scenes on this, and it's what's happened for the full season. So it's justice for the club. I mean, there's only one way we're going if he was going to stay there. But there's bigger problems at Kamal than Gary Locke. So I can't take all the blame. Yeah, you were at the game on Saturday. Just kind of talk us through the the emotions going into the game before the match. It was a very winnable game for you against a side Hamilton, who uh, had lost eight goals at Celtic Park just a week earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the game before. I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't been able to make the podcast last week. But there was even points about the United game. I mean, these were the two massive games. I'm not going to dwell on that. But what I was going to say. After the United game, I was furious and I was saying to my, my dad, I was like, if Locke can't set out a team to face, you know, United had been inconsistent all season, we knew what team was going to come out against, Kelly, everybody knew they were going to be up for it, they treated the like a cup final, so if you can't set a team up to combat that, then what hope is there? And that goes for Hamilton as well, I mean, that was a massive game, and it was at Rugby Park, and, you know, just, it's a different defence every week, and, you know, Ashcroft and... Kevin McCarty in particular were absolutely atrocious. It was the worst displays I've ever seen. Um, defensively, yet we only conceded one goal. I mean, those two guys in particular, I like I said, I don't know, it's not fair to single them out. I mean, the full team was poor, but those guys were in particular very poor. And it just wasn't working. I mean, in at half time, it shows McGuinness up front with Boyd, and there's no midfield. And the, the game plan just totally went out of the window if there ever was one. Yeah, I mean, Kilmarnock, they're, they're a team who seem to ship these, these goals against, obviously it was only one at the weekend, but five against Dundee United the week before. You've lost four at home to Ross County, five at home to Partick, four at home to Dundee opening day of the season. Yet when I saw you play at Celtic Park, you were switched on. Marshall, you did well against Hearts as well this season. You've kept clean sheets in matches. How how does that happen? How can you go from being so good defensively one week to just shocking the next? And I know, and to be fair to Gary Locke, it must have gave him a massive headache because I mean I remember the game at Parkhead and I couldn't believe how organised we were because I think I think our draw actually was probably a fair result at Parkhead. Yeah. I mean I've seen us go up there and get results and well to be fair, any time I've actually seen us get results, we were well worthy of it. But mm. I've seen us up there and hanging on and hanging on, and I didn't really quite. Feel that that day. I mean, the Celtic. Um, you know, we kind of limited them to shooting from range, and that was the closest they came. I think McDonald made a couple of good saves for like twenty-five yard strikes and that, and we were unbelievable. And then the week after, we went to to get beat uh, five to home to Partick Thistle. I mean, you just can't write that. Was it time for Gary Locke to go when he resigned? Is it definitely the right decision from himself? Without a doubt. Um, there's well, I don't really want to kind of have a go at him again, but there's rumours that he may have not even resigned. But like in terms of the board, maybe said to him, like Gary, we can sack you, or you know we'll let you leave with a bit of dignity, and you can have X amount opposed to outright payments. But you never, and if Gary Locke did resign, then credit to him because it takes a lot. But he must know himself. I mean, the results just weren't good enough, and I mean, I know some people disagree with me here, but. I believe that we should be competing for top six. I don't think, especially of late. I mean, I actually just read an article there from Michael Stewart, and he was saying that ever since the day we sacked Kenny Shields was the day the club started to go under, and there was big problems then. But I've said that for the start. I mean, 
guys were raging at shoes for not getting his top six. We missed out on top six, which we should have got, but I would rather be fighting for top six and fighting for relegation every season, and that's what's happened since Kenny Shoes has left the club. Connor, are they perhaps getting some of the same thing that's happened to St Mirren? Maybe comparisons been made, St Mirren and Kelly both sacking managers who led them to League Cup glory, and now uh, well, one's lowly in the Championship and another's looking in danger of going into the Championship. Sometimes people don't realise what they've got until it's gone. Um, and it's it's one of these ones where you can only learn from it. Um, managers often can just be a right fit for a club, and, and sometimes you find that they don't do anything spectacular, but they do what they need to do, and, and, and with that comes a wee bit of success, e.g. a wee cup win, or, or for some team it's getting the top flight or whatever, and they deserve credit for doing that. Um, Kilmarnock's in a tricky position because on paper the squad isn't that bad they're bringing a new manager um, who's not going to have the chance to, to, to buy in the January window he's going to rely on his contacts to maybe get him free agents or when the loan market eventually reopens for the kind of emergency stuff maybe doing something there but um, it leaves him a tricky position and they're, they're right in the, in the matter of that just now uh, and they, they need to they need to get going uh, sitting second bottom uh, these past two games have been great chances for them to claw uh, or to finish off Dungeon and to claw back Hamilton and they've not taken it and it, it does leave them in a precarious position but there's time uh, and I certainly am confident that if they get this appointment right they've got the players there anyway that can do it if they're organised properly but the big thing is that they need to they need to regroup together uh, and even get a feeling about the place of togetherness get everyone back on side and go for this push and if they do that then, then, then who knows oh, I didn't think it was a great game you know, it was quite a poor game uh, with both sides you know, at times especially ourselves for earlier in the game looked you know, nervous and uh, seen maybe a bit lack of, lack of confidence for some of the players but you know the only way they're going to get through it is by digging in um, and you know there wasn't a lot in the game and you know, it looked like it was going to finish 0-0 the performance is always important but today the result was the most important thing um, and it's a big result for us to come down here and win. It's never an easy place to come, and given what was at stake in the game, um, I'm really pleased with the effort the boys put in. I thought we looked solid, and I, and I think in another day we probably could have won by a couple more goals. I think we broke away last 20 minutes more often enough that we should probably have taken one more chance at least um, and give ourselves a little bit of breathing space. But overall, the most important thing was to come down and win the game, and I'm delighted to have done so. Martin Cannon there, obviously delighted with his side's result, and Ross, if you take away that. Yes, that eight goal loss at Celtic Park, eight goals to one at Celtic Park last week. They've actually unbelievably kept three clean sheets in the other three games of the last four matches. Yeah, I mean, after that, that defeat at Celtic Park, everyone was thinking, you know, they're, they're really in danger. Um, I think obviously they're still Motherwell, Partick, Hamilton, Kelly, you know, you're, you're looking at them all and you're thinking, God, there's a real chance of them, them getting dragged into it big time. Um, but I think though, Hamilton will take confidence from that and. You really can't call it. It's so tight down there. I think, you know, just looking at Kelly, everyone's saying they're in the depth of despair. But even you look at the, there's there's nine points between eleventh and fourth. You know, a, a couple of wins and you're you're right up there. And equally, you know, the likes of Dundee and Inverness. You know, if they had a bad spell, um, you could see them getting dragged into it. So if if Kelly Arter points somebody who can, you know bring a bit of stability and a couple of results, get the fans back on side, then I wouldn't be surprised to see them climb the table. 
Yeah, Kilmarnock's, eh, sorry, not Kilmarnock, Hamilton's first win in nine matches, Lewis, and unbelievably they're <coughs> up to eighth in the league. Like, only yeah. in Scottish football. <coughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one, and you know, by all accounts, I don't think Hamilton were that much better than Kilmarnock, to be honest, on, on the day. Um, I think both teams were equally quite quite poor. Um, but just going back to the, the wee interview there with Gary Locke, I heard it in sports scene as well, and you kind of got the impression, and you know, as uh, Callum was saying, it doesn't. You don't really get the impression that he's about to resign a couple of hours, you know, later. So I, I kind of, I think there may be some smoke to the fire of those uh, those rumours you were telling about, uh, talking about um, regarding, um, like him obviously not resigning and maybe been forced to resign by by the board. Yeah, because it's funny you say it because I actually said the exact same thing. Um, because I remember I was in a pub after the game. I'd read a few. You know, a few people saying I'm hearing he's away, he's away, and I was looking, I was trying my best to find out, and then somebody had put up um, on one of the threads about him going that like it was like his a uh, uh, post-match interview, and I was like, oh well, there's no chance he's away there. I mean, like the the way he was talking, yeah. it it didn't sound at all as if he was um, ever close to resign. But hey. If he did, then you know credit to him because it takes a lot. And as, as I keep saying, I mean he must, he must have knew it wasn't working. I mean, the the manner of the defeats is the worst thing. I mean, I don't think he could get worse than Alan Johnson, and it has been this season has been an absolute shambles for the first day. Final thoughts, Kelly Cow, is it the future bright for Kilmarnock starting next week at Ibrox? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, depends who the manager is, I suppose. Me McCulloch. Well, it, it might be Jig, but it might be. Um, Billy Davis as well. <laughs> definitely, definitely won't be McCoist. Um, now the the managers mentioned have been Billy Davis as a favourite, Stuart McCall, and James Fowler. Billy Stark was mentioned in sports scene as well. I mean, they've got no substance Calderwood. to these arguments. You know what I mean? And they mentioned Calderwood, knowing his actual uh, connection with the club, which he would never be appointed manager with his relationship with Michael Johnson, but. Um, no, it's th- Billy Davis is obviously the one that they're going for, but there's maybe a cynical side to me here that's hoping, I really hope it does happen, but in a way something's telling me that we're doing that to show the board's going for ambition and I think we may miss out on them, but I don't know. I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I like the papers are reporting that it should be happening, which I would be delighted with. I think that'd be a great bit of business. Davis, um, you know, he's got a good championship pedigree. Um, so for it to bring him in, it would be great. And I think James Fowler, in the long term, would be a good appointment. But I don't think he's time for Kilmarnock's ready just yet. Kelly Cow, thank you very much. A happier Kelly Cow. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> the happier days for you. Thanks very much, Amos. Cheers. Kelly Cow, everyone. Let's move on to... In fact, there, there, was, there was no other Premiership games, were there? Everything else was, postponed, was postponed, sadly. I think Johnny Clark had about three games on his list he wanted to go to on Saturday and they were all called off eventually. Mm-hmm. Poor old Johnny Clark we had. Who did we have called off on Saturday, Johnny? Inverness Hearts and Partick Dundee. Partick Dundee United is a, a, a huge match for uh, Dundee United's point of view Sorry, to be uh, postponed. They'll be really disappointed with that. Why do they? When when are these games getting replayed? Or has it not been announced? Probably won't be announced. It'll probably be some Thursday night. And I always I always wonder why do they not just you know how see if there's a cup replay or a cup postponement they just do it at the next available date. I know well Dundee United are playing. Uh, sorry, Partick are playing Motherwell tomorrow at home. But next Tuesday or something, you know, next free free slot. I don't see why they don't just put it in as soon as possible. Probably because that would make sense, Johnny. <laughs> That's probably why they don't do it. 
Championship action, another busy week in the Championship, of course. We had uh, Hibs with a week off with their League Cup duty happening, but that didn't stop the other two of the top three teams playing at Ibrooks. Connor Park, it seems fitting to come to you as you were there seeing it in the flesh. Uh, what I want to do here is get the opinion of the Falkirk fan, the opinion of the Rangers fan, and then the opinion of us uh, <coughs> neutrals out there as well, just to just to kind of gauge how if this was a deserved result for Rangers, because I actually watched this match. Uh, live, not in the flesh, but on on my old laptop, Connor Park. Obviously disappointed um, to go away with nothing. Um, I think it was a game that you know a point was probably deserving for, for the two teams. Um, I think there's there's no doubt when you go to play Rangers at Ibrox that they will have more possession, um, but I didn't feel they did all that much with it, um, and. In fairness, you know, we maybe had slightly the more clear-cut chances um, in terms of Blair also had a header in the first minute. John Baird had one cleared off the line. Uh, a couple of opportunities in the second half as well. Um, so, very disappointing to get our goals so late on. You could say that, you know, it's that one wee moment where you switch off and the, the ball's out to get in the box in the final minute. You need to try and stop that. But had we taken our chances earlier, it would have been a totally different story. So, you know, it's disappointing, but I don't think we did ourselves any kind of injustice. We gave a, a, a tough game to Rangers, and I, th- I actually felt it was quite entertaining. You know, at points it was going end to end, um, with a couple of, you know, uh, I wouldn't say meaty challenges, but just kind of pushing, niggling, all that sort of stuff. And I can see maybe you, you, you look there, and I can see why maybe we didn't feel that um, watching from a laptop. But I think when you're actually there in the atmosphere, and the players are going to each other, the fans are going to each other, it was actually I felt fairly entertaining. And I think, in fairness for both teams, overall, I, I did feel that a point would have been fair reflection. As I don't think I'm not going to sit here and say we should have on to win it, um, because I think that would be harsh on Rangers who, who added to the game as well. Um, so you know. It's luck when you go the RB bit, and I don't feel we've had that recently. I think in a collective space of about six minutes, that's the past three games uh, there where we've either dropped from a, a drawn position to a losing position or a winning position to a drawn position, and that's disappointing. Um, but you know, Rangers get three points on the day, uh, and with that little bit of clinicalness right in, in the last minute. Callum Fisher. Um, yeah, there's not really a lot to go against, really. I think they're. Uh, as I said, we were kind of discussing it a little bit last night. It was an even game. I didn't feel like we were anywhere near our best. Um, I think the the fact that we were missing Jason Holt and Andy Halliday showed in the middle of the park. I think um, Law wasn't great. Shields was quiet. Um, and, and when you have uh, you know Martin Wycon having an off day, if you like, and, and with those factors, it doesn't help. Um, you know, Falkirk really should have gone in front with that Alston header in the first half, I thought. And then I actually thought that John Baird was, was going to score um, that, that chance in the later on um, in the game. But, you know, I think what it showed is this Rangers team has got a lot of criticism for that spell whereby we were kind of playing like we did at the weekend and we weren't winning games. We dropped a, a couple points and people were, you know thinking you know the honeymoon period's over and things like that and then we've came back and now Falkirk and, and this is where me and Connor agree we believe that you know Falkirk have given Rangers the best game this season and, and Rangers have given Falkirk the toughest games this season um, I think Falkirk have been the team and I include Hibs in this that have came out as the most especially at Ibrox 
um, another team that's made it difficult for us the most. And that said, though, I'm really, really happy we managed to get the three points because it shows that when we're not at our best, we can still come away with three points. And, and everybody's very quick to 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 say when teams win this game, what's the mark of champions and things like that. But it, but it is when teams get three points, you know, crucial three points, especially when Hibs aren't playing and they win a, a cup semi final, which gives them a confidence boost. And then if they were to see that we drop points. And again, another title ch- uh, title rival in Falkirk drop points, you know. For us to get three points was, was huge, and I think it, it was a cracking header from Billy King. Um, and you're just really happy with that, but I agree, it was, it was a tight game, and it is a bit harsh in Volker, you know, that the goal comes in, I think, like the 90th minute or something. But, you know, I'm, I'm just really delighted to get, to get the three points. Yeah, I watched the game, as I said. My opinion on it is... Uh, I thought it was a very scrappy first half. I don't think either team were at their best. I think you'd even hear uh, from the Rangers support, certainly in the first half, just maybe a bit of nerves. Um, that Obviously, they're up against a decent team. I think Rangers fans knew, and obviously Falkirk as well, knew it was a big game for both sides. I thought I didn't think Falkirk did enough in the first half to really punish Rangers for their, their kind of poor defensive play. I think Danny Wilson had a few lapses in concentration. Yeah, Wilson and Tavenier weren't great. Tavenier yeah. especially, I thought. I think Wilson sort of came back into it in the second mm. half but Tavernier was poor throughout I thought yeah I felt Falkirk had to had to probably take the lead in that first half when the going was good you need to really take your chances I mean that Blair Olsen chance is a, it's a sitter to be totally honest a chance like that I mean unmarked what, a couple of yards from goal free header should have scored uh, the um, chance as well to, falls to John Baird when he, he kind of the, the shots hit I think it was Volks and it's saved and then Baird he slaps at it first time and then he almost chips it and it comes off, was it his ear you said earlier, Connor Fodringham's ear? And then it's cleared off the line. Chances like that you've got to take. And I always felt, watching that second half, I always felt Rangers were just going to score, the chance would come. Well, I uh, think just and it did. To, to sort of, the, you know, you've said Falkirk should score there. Zell um, should score in the second half when the ball's cut back to him from that distance, I think. Um, Tavernier's forced a really good save. Uh, in, in the first half, you know, so both teams had their chances. I yeah. think I, I'm really just backing up what we've, what everyone said so far, and that it was an even game. I don't think there was one team that was better than the other, and I think that's because both teams probably weren't as good um, as they have been in previous games. Ross Clark or Falkirk out of the the title race now, ten points behind a game played more than Rangers. Yes, um, I think Rangers are. I think Rangers will win the league. Um, I think Hibs will get second, and I think it'll be quite comfortable. But I'm sure if you'd offered Falk at the start of the season, you know that they'd still people would still be questioning if they're in a title race at this point. I'm sure they'd have taken that. Do you see the gap increasing, Lewis, before the end of the season between both Rangers and Falkirk and Hibs and Falkirk? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I agree with what Ross was saying. I think the title challenge, or the, the, any hopes of Falkirk getting the title, is pretty much over. Um, I think I think I, I mean Hibs still have a game in hand, so from their perspective, they won't see it as over yet. But um, I still think Rangers are pretty much overwhelming favourites at the moment. Yeah, as we say, Rangers now on to fifty-six points from twenty-two games. Goal difference of forty-eight. The next best goal difference is Falkirk and Hibs, both plus twenty. So it's almost like Rangers have another points advantage there. So it's effectively nine points gap. Rangers, Hibs have a game in hand on the Ibrox Club and Falkirk have played one more than Rangers and as we said are ten points behind. So I think I think we can say that it's a two horse race now. Uh, but I don't think Fal- I think Falkirk may still have a say in the title race. Do you go along with that, Connor? You've said it for a while that you may take points off of both sides. Yeah, I think so. Um I think especially at home. Um we've also drawn with Hibs. 
and we have uh, Rangers. Rangers. So I think there's there's the a, a possibility of being able to do something there. Um, no, Ross is absolutely right. Um, had you offered us to be was it 17 points clear of the rest uh, and still potentially um, not the title, beat, but but maybe some people say there's a chance of second in there. I think with a bit in your hand off. Um, you know, we've got six games coming up now against uh, all the teams below us, apart from I think Livingston. We play the ne- that's our next six games, so. Um, it's important that throughout that we make it count because I know people are saying oh, you, you've virtually got third gantry already but I think we could almost mathematically have it done um, if we could get those six wins um, going into the last quarter because we've only got nine games left at that point um, but not obviously not mathematically but when I, I can't see us going and losing every game in the last quarter if you get what I mean um, so it's been a great season it's been a and it's very much a, a time when we're looking to do damage this year and we'll have belief that we can do something in the playoffs. But you even look at the, the signings that are being made, with, you know, Hippolyte, Nathan Austin coming in next year, um, and the various kind of goalkeeper that we've just signed as well. You know, there's, there's moves af- afoot to, to start building properly again for a, a challenge next year. Um, but I do think that that doesn't deny the fact that if we are, well, when we are in the playoffs, that uh, there'll be a belief there that we can go and if it's Hibs or Rangers beat them and, or first of all if it's going to be Queen of the South Morton or Wraith because let's not forget that that's not a done you know mm. we need to play as a fourth first over two legs and justifiably beat them I'd like to think we could do that but you never know uh, and then after that we'll give a right good go at it and see how it goes but there's still a long way to go and I don't th- <laughs> I think you're right I don't think the, t- the title is uh, within sight or 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 as an aspiration we should have, really. Um, but, you know, if Hibs were to slip up, um, I think we need to be ready to try and put a wee bit of pressure on to get second. I'm, I'm not saying that we will get it, but I'd quite like to see us make things interesting going into the last wee bit of the season. So, you know, t- time will tell, but it's been a great, great season so far. I don't think anyone can have any complaints, and we'll just see how, how it finishes off and then go into the playoffs. Well, a team you may have to beat in the playoffs is Ross's side, St Mirren. Yes, Ross comes alive. St Mirren won a game at home for the first time. Well, a first league win at home since Motherwell at the end of last season. They beat Dunfermline in the Cup as well this year. The win over Alloa means that they move 10 points clear of the bottom club and also have a game in hand. So you're starting to look up the league, Ross. Only eight points off, sorry, seven points off fourth place Wraith Rovers. Things starting to look up for Alex Ray? Scenes. Um, Alex Ray, who apparently we had on the podcast last week. Ah, I saw somebody saying that. Yeah, um, no, it's obviously a relief, I think, um, to not be. You know, Alloa also haven't had a home win, so we've finally got off the mark. Um, I think looking at that game, you know, you'd be you'd be saying that needs to be a first home win. Um, so yeah, happy. Um, I don't think it was a great performance by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we went behind early, uh, which was a bit depressing. But um, no, we got we got back at it, and I think you know three wins a decent result. Um, you've got to beat the teams around you in order to go up the table. Um, so I think looking ahead now, you know you've got Dumbarton and obviously just ahead of us, uh, but you've also got the likes of Morton and Queen of the South in their sights as well, and then pushing further up towards Wraith. Um, but seven points is. 
is achievable, you know. So just got to hope results go our way as well, and you never know what could happen come the end of the season. Yeah, Aloha took the lead through Isaac Lane from the penalty spot. That was after Keith Watson had been penalised for a handball. However, Keith Watson soon made amends by scoring the leveller with his left foot before Callum Gallagher put St Mirren ahead. Do you read the match report, mate? Stevie Mallon, <laughs> and just informing the listeners who may not have seen the game, Ross, we can't all be at St Mirren Park every week. Stephen Mallon sealed the points late on for St Mirren to get the first win, home win of the season in the league, as we said. Um, what else are we going to say about that one? Yes, yeah, so St Mirren are only three points behind Morton now, Johnny. Morton, a team we've been praising all season for the great job Jim Duffy has done. I mean, it's it's worth pointing out that Morton, of course, are new to the league and St Mirren are also new to the league, but coming down at different yeah. angles. But they are only three points behind Morton. And uh, going looking ahead at the rest of the season, you'd probably... <laughs> I don't know how you'd feel about this, Ross, but I'd probably look at the table back St Mirren to finish ahead of Morton. And I know that's probably the thing Morton fans would absolutely despise to happen. St Mirren's worst season in God only knows how long and Morton's return to the championship and they finish behind them despite this disaster of a season for still, St Mirren. Still can't beat them either. Yeah, exactly. And um, But they were lucky to get a draw at St Mirren Park as well. That must have... I mean, we were at that game and it really... Yeah, the fans emptied out as soon as the goal went in. Um, but no, talk about the playoffs. There's only seven points between it, like you said. And Queen of the South and Rafe play each other reasonably soon. Am I right in saying that? Maybe. Um, for the end of the season. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long as I think, from a certain point of view, you've got to look at that and hope Queen of the South and Rafe don't put a few wins on the bounce together, which you'd be pretty confident won't happen with the inconsistency of of those teams this season. Yeah, St Mirren have obviously they've got a championship game next week while everyone else is in cup duty. They play Queen of the South, who are obviously also out of the Scottish Cup, so that's a chance as well for St Mirren to well, they could they could close the gap on Queen of the South, who four are points. fifth place to four points. It could be a massive win for St Mirren if they can get that. And I think that one's at home, yeah, it's at St Mirren Park as well. So the monkey's off the back now at the Paisley twenty twenty one stadium. Maybe St Mirren can make a wee push for the playoffs. Who are we all tipping for the playoffs, Lewis? Um, I think I, I'm not actually sure what I said I think I said Queens maybe of course you've uh, got to go Queens um, listen um, I'm not I'm not going to be disrespectful here but um, I think out with uh, Rangers, Hibs and Falkirk the rest of the league is rather dire to be honest um, I don't think any I don't think I, I don't think you can ask any uh, of the fans of either any of these teams and um, sorry, I don't th- if you if you asked uh, fans of all, any of these teams, I, I think they'd probably tell you they've not been happy with the season. Maybe out with Morton, um, I think every other, uh, maybe Dumbarton as well. Out with those teams, every, everyone else has been maybe quite disappointed about how their season's gone so oh, far. I'm sure Wraith, very I'm sure Wraith would be quite happy with their season. But I mean, Wraith have been down there for years now and yeah. they've not made any mm. significant they, improvement. They started the season well, Wraith, but they're actually, they've actually not done too well when you look at their recent form. <laughs> they've had that solitary win over Morton, which was a great result, but that's their only win in the last what, at least 10 games and they've lost five of those matches and the kind of games they should really be winning, the likes of... Aloha, who they've lost to Livingston, who they get absolutely thumped by. So, I mean, Wraith are quite yeah. an inconsistent team as well. There seems to be no one wants to really take that fourth yeah. place, but I still think that could probably make for quite an interesting battle because no one's likely... I don't think anyone's going to run away with that fourth place. I don't think. I think it'll be close right until the end. And if you've got 
that looking close, maybe Aloha and Livingston possibly being a wee bit tight as well. Aloha win their game in hand, they're only two behind Livingston. I think you could have maybe a title race as well at the top of the league. You could have a really interesting championship, I think. I think as well at Livingston, I know they get beat at the weekend, but they brought in you know a guy like Char- Charlie Telfer. And, I mean, hmm. there is, like, I don't know, I, I, I still think Aloha are, are far and away from me. I mean, they're definitely been relegated now, but... Um, out with that, you know, it is very tight between these teams. There's, there isn't a really a lot between them, in, in my opinion. I think, you know, I know there's the attraction of saying, oh, the playoffs, you know, reach the playoffs, but realistically, I think even if we were to get the playoffs, I think Falkirk would, or, or Hibs, whoever it is, would dispatch us quite comfortably. Or Rangers. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think, yes, it would be. That is obviously the aim, and that's got to be your aim. And you know, if you're looking back at the end of the season to say you reached the playoff, that would probably have been the aim at the start of the season to get to playoffs. But I think it's still been a poor season, no matter what happens. Yeah, final game in the championship on Saturday was a one-nil win for Dumbarton over Livingston. Johnny Clark, do you want to take this one because you were quite mouthy about it on Saturday, saying Dumbarton were an absolute steal. What price were they for? Uh, the they were nine to five, so oh. nearly twos at that. Um, I didn't really understand it. I mean, Lewis was pointing out there that Livingston have brought in Telfer and, and made a few, made a few good yeah. Stages, yeah. Um, but Dumbarton, I mean, they're now moving six points clear of the relegation zone, and I know people are even mentioning them in the same breath as the as the playoffs. They're closer to the playoffs than they are to the relegation zone, which is phenom- phenomenal. If I can get that word out for a club like Dumbarton, um, maybe not the greatest of games, but a fantastic win for them. But they're definitely not in my shout of the playoffs, or are they? I'll I'll rule them out. Yeah. Even though they're ahead of St Mirren, who I'll probably say I don't want to call the playoffs because you know Rafe are playing tomorrow. I think they're home to Rangers. Um, Morton are wh- home to Hibs. Yeah, exactly. So if I say say St Mirren are going to get the playoffs, you know, by by the weekend if they lose to Queens, they could be ten points behind, and I'm looking silly. Or they could be you know up there four points behind. So it's it's too hard to call. But I'll, I'll rule out Dumbarton. Yep, League One action at the weekend. It started on Friday night with a an interesting game at East End Park and a really wonderful win for Airdrionians. A, a terrific result for them. One that nobody saw coming. I don't think Jamie Bain scored the winner half an hour into the match as Dunfermline slumped to a really surprised defeat. It's now three games in a row Dunfermline have failed to score in. Which is quite incredible to think that this team we used to play. Remember Dunfermline bingo? Remember that? Like we were, they were scoring what five I think they've scored was it five, six, seven and eight in a row? Yeah, was, something yeah, like that. that yeah. And then they've not scored in three games now, which is quite incredible. Is there and I'll bring you in again, Johnny Clark, is there a title race here at all? I'll say it quietly. No, I've always said there'll be no title race in League One, I don't think. Um, it's unfortunate for Air that the game was postponed, otherwise you might be looking at a four-point gap, but I'll still maintain that I don't think there'll be a title race. Uh, I said it a couple of times on the podcast last week that um, Peterhead, I think, are finished above Air. Um, just the goal-scoring power that they've got with Shane Sutherland and Rory McAllister, it's exceptional. It's, it's phenomenal. They've, they've now outscored Dunfermline this season, or more. I know they've played a couple extra games, but for a club like Peterhead to be outscoring Dunfermline, it's incredible. Um, if they can sharpen up at the back, I, I've seen Peterhead a couple of times at Somerset Park, and that's been their problem. Free free draw the first time, 88th minute goal conceded, um, and a draw the second time. So if they can sharpen up on that front, then I think they, they'll finish second and a good shout mm. for the playoffs with. Potentially Livingston, 
I mean, I don't know who you'd be fancying there, Air Air or Peterhead against Livingston, but well, Livingston beat Peterhead three 0 in the Scottish Cup earlier on in the season. But then again, mm. Peterhead thumped Falkirk, so it's quite a tough one to call. Just talking about Peterhead there, as you say, they've scored fifty three goals in the league this season. That's mm-hmm. one more than Dunfermline, which is quite amazing. They've also not lost in the last ten big wins. Five one at the weekend over Albion Rovers. A draw with Dunfermline before. 5-1 against Stranraer, 4-1 against Tenhouse Muir, 4-3 against Airdrionians, 3-0 against Ayr, 2-0 Forfer, and then 7-0 against Cowdenbeath. So they're, they're scoring incredible amounts of goals at the moment. And if you're, maybe if you're talking about Ayr in second place, you've probably got to uh, got to talk about Peterhead as well, Matt. Definitely. Peterhead have <coughs> been a phenomenal team this year, really. I mean, you look at their season, I mean, they could they could go up and win a final, a cup final, you know, uh, touch wood. Um <laughs> Uh, so no, it's, it's definitely. I mean, there's players in that in that league that uh, sorry, in that team that have just shown shown the capabilities that they could easily like. I think they could they could pose a good threat to the to the championship team. I wouldn't. I always think that when it comes to the playoffs in Scotland, that the team in the like the the team that are battling for promotion should really go in as favourites because of the fact that they're on form and they've yeah. gotten that position. They're used to winning. Whereas if they come up against someone like Livingston or you know Aloha, I mean. Who's to say that? Like, who's to say that they couldn't beat them? I think they're a better team than Air. Um, I've seen them. All, I've seen them a few times just this season. Peterhead. Um, I've been to a few of their games, and they were saying like it's been a. I mean, they're a breath of fresh air. I mean, especially about you look at the, the start of the season they made uh, by thumping Falkirk. It was a real statement that they made for the season. So definitely, definitely going to be an interesting battle between them and Air. And um, I mean, that form just speaks for itself. Really, the fact that they haven't lost in well over ten games. Are you quaking in your boots yet, Callum Fisher? No. Lewis Kent, what did you want to say? Uh, yeah, I just find it quite bizarre that, you know, we were all talking about how the firm were going to run away with the league now um, in January. You know, they've got the strength and depth there, and I just find it quite interesting the timing of the kind of slump almost, because um, you would maybe expect it to happen maybe midway through the, maybe September or, or October or something. But uh, I find it interesting that, you know, we were we were all saying this was the film now going to run away with the league and they've, they've, they've done the opposite of that, really. Is Emmanuel Adebayor in the studio there? His phone just went off there. It was the laptop uh, Fisher turned it on. Aye, Fisher <laughs> turned it on for some reason. Do you, do you remember Adebayor did that live in the, the World yeah. Cup coverage and his phone went off during it? Did he? Mm. Yeah. He actually answered it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think there was a... It was yeah. his wife. Yeah, he's giving birth or something. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that, yeah. And he patched it and went to talk with Gary Lineker right <laughs> after it, analysing Mali against Congo or something yeah. like that. Hope that's not happening to you, Fisher. Hope you're not wife's not telling you you've got a kid. <laughs> or you ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's return to Air United because I was going to Somerset Park on Saturday. Me and Johnny were going to be there. Turned up only to be told by one of the kit men at Air United that. The game's off, son, so <laughs> no worries, I'll just turn around and sit Gillette Soccer Saturday off. But it was a shame for here because, I mean, as you say, Johnny, they could have cut that gap to four points. Uh, what else can we talk about in League One? There was lots of good action at the weekend. We had, I mean, you, talking about Peterhead, we've obviously already done that. You did tip them for a big win and they, they came up top trumps. I really, I mean, they're tip just them for a big win every week, it seems. They, went, they went behind week. as well. They were 1 0 one behind and it was a hell of a comeback. In the first minute. Yeah, the other game, Stranraer 2, Breakin 0. Stranraer are a side that are certainly. Doing quite nicely at the moment. Four wins in their last five. They've no, they're not conceding many goals either. They've only conceded uh, well two goals in those five games, and one of them was against Peterhead, which is who we pointed out are scoring against everyone. So I mean, 
they're they're doing all right at the moment. And I mean, Brecon, as we said, I think Brecon are destined to finish bottom in that league. They're only two points away from Forfar, but I still just think Brecon are just a dire, dire team. We just was. see see looking at the table. I've just realised how badly Forfar have done this season after I tipped them to win that league <laughs> this year. <laughs> They had had 10 points from the first 5 games They were sitting on par with Ayr 2 behind them, Fermlin They have now 16 games later Taken 8 points from those 16 matches And I think they must have won 1 And drawn 5 Of those 16 matches Mm, Struggling without Dick (laughs) Unbelievably bad run of form They They are genuinely... Are they the worst team in Scottish football at the moment? Would anyone in Scottish football beat them at the moment? Rothis. Rothis. <laughs> One point. Rothis, well, the only Highland League game that went ahead at the weekend, Rothis got beat 6 0. They conceded 132 goals this season in 23 matches. <laughs> so we'll have them as the worst team, I think. It's only a matter of time before the BBC release an article about them and label them <laughs> the worst team in the UK, I think. <laughs> yeah, League 2 had two games off Berwick Rangers against Queen's Park was postponed As was Stirling Albion against Montrose However, we did have lots of goals in the remaining three matches And an Athletic 4, Elgin 2 was quite an interesting one Fuming, with absolutely fuming Done my coupon, Elgin Was it 3-0 at half time? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was down by half time, so at least you were spared the, the I didn't even have a cash out option Just a horrible situation well, let's talk about the game rather than your your uh, finances at the moment. And an Athletic move up to fourth place in the league. Elgin themselves stay top, but their gap is cut to two points. That was courtesy of East Fife beating Clyde 2-0, which was another terrific result. But Clyde, dear oh dear, Clyde have five points. Eh, five points. <laughs> they're uh, 30 points and a fifth in the league. It's pretty dire stuff for Clyde at the moment. I mean, they're nine points off first place, I know they've got a couple of games in hand but those games are, are far from gimmies for Clyde and uh, for a team that we tipped to run away with the league at the moment, they've lost their last three in the bounds questions again been asked of Barry Ferguson, Lewis Kemp I'd, I'd say so, I mean I'm, I think I'm right in saying they have the highest uh, wage bill in, in that league, yeah almost certainly um, aye. by a bit as well and you know, I know that you know you can always use that argument of oh, this team have the, has the most money, so they should be winning it or running away with it. Um, that not always the case, but you should really expect them to be at least in the hunt for you know the title. And I know they are, and it's very tight at the top. But the fact that they're sitting you know fifth at the moment, I think is is um, is quite poor to be honest. Yeah, the final game of the weekend in that league was a three 0 win for. Are both away at East Stirling. Are both move up to six. They've kind of come out of nowhere recently. They've won five of their last six. They're up to six, and East Stirling are yes last as always. Connor highlight of the weekend for me. Yes, or obviously <laughs> Connor highlight of the weekend. Um, well, I don't know. I uh, maybe we'll go to someone else. Will Connor racks his brains, Ross Clark, and I, oh, I'm ass- yeah, I'm assuming yours is pretty basic. Yes, it's got to be. It's got to be uh, man. Just, <laughs> just Johnny. I did. I did enjoy watching Train Spotting, so that was one of my personal highlights of the weekend. But Simon, yes, I'll give Simon the nod. Uh, I loved the Scottish Cup semi-final. I've got to say, Ross Kenny, and that with the League Cup semi-final. Uh, the League Cup semi-final. Apologies. Um, thought it was a fantastic match, and tell you what, if Ross County go and, and win that, it'll be the first time ever that the two Highland clubs have held the. Scottish Cup and the League Cup so oh, what a fact that is Aye. so good luck to them 
um, trying to contain myself while Lewis was getting very animated was interesting and laughing at his minus five prediction as well throughout the game. Fisher? Um, I suppose just Rangers grinding out a, a well-fought result. I wasn't actually at the game as I, I had work. Um, and other than that, kind of on the same lines as, uh, as Ross out with football, the, my work made me a cracking pizza for free on my break. So that was, <laughs> that was pretty good as well. A margarita, it was brilliant. Mm. I enjoyed just sitting down and watching Gillette Soccer Saturday with the lads. It's the first time I've ever actually properly sat and, and watched watched the games coming in, watched the latest scores coming in. I was disappointed I couldn't be out of a game, but I did my best. I was meant to be going to Ibrooks and I was meant to be going to Somerset Park. Air game was called off and I didn't have enough time to get up to, to Govan, so I was I was left in Johnny and Lewis's uh, living room, but it was, wasn't was a downgrade at all. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it was places to be. The atmosphere was wonderful as well. It was really good. As, <laughs> it uh, always is. We're going to miss it because they're moving out in two weeks. Mm. Lewis, what was your highlight? It's um, going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, this is very tough. I mean, I've certainly got a lot light of the weekend. Um, I, I'll go. I'll go the same with you. Uh, soccer Saturday was uh, interesting. Jesus, <laughs> a terrible <laughs> state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah, Hamish sitting uh, Soccer Saturday beside you, watching the Rangers game as well was uh, entertaining. I should have cashed out for fifteen quid, but uh, bottled it, and, and my coupon was doing the doing the drain. But no, and then obviously the Sunday game as well with Ross County. I think it was just phenomenal. I was sitting watching it myself, and it was it was great. I thought it was a really. I was happy because I was getting ready to turn it off, and it went one 0 Celtic because it was just thinking well. It's going to be a riot and it's going to be another bit of a downer. So, uh, credit to Ross County. They, they should be for me the team of the weekend. So, the weekend can be summed up pizzas, movies, and Jeff Sterling then. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's it, really. Connor Park, can you add something to that brilliant list? <laughs> I'll be honest and say, I can't. Okay, thank you, Connor Park. <laughs> the, gloomy, the gloomy view of Connor Park and Les Falkirk are winning. No, it was, it was a good weekend, uh, but football doesn't stop there, of course, because we've got lots and lots of good games this weekend, some really big games, actually. None bigger than Wednesday night at Pataudry. The top two in the Premiership meet. It's Aberdeen against Celtic, and Celtic looking to respond to the humiliation at Hamden yesterday by Ross County. Aberdeen themselves haven't played all the way back since the Dundee game, which seems about an eternity ago. Do you see that effect in Aberdeen at all, Matt? Rustiness, perhaps, or will they be fresh? I think they'll be fresh because I mean, obviously, nobody's gone away on international duty. It's not that kind of break. We've just the team have all been together. You know, I think it'll be it'll be a Derek McInnes will definitely have them fired up for it. It'll be a good crowd. I'm expecting more or less a sellout. So. Um, It'll be it'll be a it'll be a good game and hopefully we can emulate what we did in September. I think we just need to get Paul Quinn back in because he seems to like mm-hmm. can't stop scoring against Celtic. So um, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think um, we have the capabilities of giving Celtic a right good game. We know that. I think that if we do get the points, I mean, the, all this talk again from the media will come back. Oh, the title race and all this stuff. I mean, if Celtic do win, uh, it's, we're not going to catch them. We're not going to come close to catching them. It's kind of similar, very similar situation. We're in the the game. It was at Parkhead last season. Um, I think there was about a three point mm-hmm. gap in it at the time, and we all said, okay, well, if Aberdeen win, then then that's and well, sorry, then they were obviously right back in it. But then um, Celtic just took us took us apart, and I think that's the that's the kind of fear. Celtic are a wounded animal just now and I think we need to exploit that again I think that if Aberdeen can go on then serious questions will be asked to that Celtic team the credentials so and then obviously Aberdeen will be talked up there's hopefully maybe one or two signings coming in before the end of today as well I think it's a massive game I think defeat for Celtic would spell the end of Ronnie Dyla's tenure I think if Aberdeen won Ronnie Dyla will be out of a job 
but I think I think Celtic will win uh, by a couple. I do. I think Celtic will come out fighting yeah. to save their manager's job. I think, uh, I think without a doubt, is Dial's biggest game in charge at Celtic. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's got a draw written all over it, personally. <laughs> and a draw um, doesn't really suit anyone, does it? I know, yeah. but I just I can see it. I, I think Aberdeen will maybe have to do a bit more defending than what they'd like. I think they'll be looking, obviously, to win the match, Aberdeen, but I think Celtic will come out all guns blazing. Um, I could see it probably being one each or two each. Um, I think there'll be goals because both defences will get questions about them. Um, but it should be entertaining, I think, it, you know, Celtic at this stage, they've got to focus on the league now because I think the Scottish Cup will take care of itself. Whether or, whether or not um, they actually go and win it is a different question, but I think the league's got to be their priority now in doing it as, winning it as convincingly as possible. Definitely. That's not the only midweek action, though. We've got Partick Thistle, Motherwell in the Premiership on Tuesday night and the Championship, two really good-looking games as well. Morton, Hibs and Wraith Rovers against Rangers. That should be really interesting. And if you like League One football... If you're near Albion Rovers against Stranraer or Steny against Brecon, go to those two. Well, go to one of them, but uh, <laughs> unless you're Doctor Who. Uh, but that's, I mean, there's loads of good games. Five really good, six really good games. Uh, with all, They've all got a good bit of meaning, even Partick Thistle Motherwell on Tuesday night. I think we're going to go along to that, Johnny, perhaps, maybe. And that, that looks a really good game as well. Right. Sorry, were you going to come in there, oh, Johnny? I was just going to say, massive importance at the bottom, because both those teams, I know, although maybe people have written them out of the relegation fight, they're still both in there and both looking to move up to mid-table. But then again, we've got Morton Hibbs, so a mm. tough choice. I know, it's going to be really tough, actually. That's just It's a good, good choice to have, though. Good games everywhere mm. you look. Now, transfer chat. Connor Park is typing furiously as we speak. Connor, please tell me you're taking up a massive signing for Falkirk that you can break to the Burst Ball podcast. Exclusive. No, no, I've got, I'm not at the moment. No, um, so you probably are. I'm not, I promise you. I promise you. I'm not. I promise you. I'm not. Uh, no, I'm. I'm. I'm just typing some stuff in the now, but I'm, I'm keeping an eye all over Twitter. Just into your well. self-help book. <laughs> uh, Do you expect to see your side bring in a couple of faces before the the closure tonight? I don't know because we've already made five signings, um, and I think. It will only be if it's if the the quality is right. Um, Peter Houston said it. You know they have to be better than a team that's went thirteen games unbeaten recently. So that's going to be tough for somebody. Um, I, I, I being genuine, I, I don't know. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, but at this very moment in time, um, I, I don't. There's nothing certainly that, as far as I'm aware, that that is going on um, in terms of players coming the way. Is it a case of not needing a player, but if the right one becomes available, you'll go and grab him? I think so. And it's like what I talked about earlier on, um, that it's as much um, looking at this season and next season. Uh, and you, you've seen that in the signings so far, but you know, if somebody does come, become available, I, I, I think the board have shown already that they've all back um, Peter Houston and... and that's because now finally we're in a position to be able to do it. So, no, I mean... If the player's available, I think, and we want him, I think we would get him, uh, provided he's, there's not another bigger club going. But um, certainly at the moment, there doesn't seem to be anything. But I think the big thing is, is keeping everybody there and, and avoiding any kind of last-minute um, deals out the way. Matthew Finlay, your side 
look like they're about to sign a player from Inverness. Are you pleased with that one? Yeah, Greg Tansey, good player. Um, need another midfielder in there, especially at the moment with fact Ryan Jack and the Lofford are out for a, a good few more weeks. Um, we need a bit of... Yeah, I, I would probably put him in the team as well. He's a, he's a really good player. I really rate Greg Tansey. Yeah, I mean, that's just another Inverness player that we've taken from them. Uh, well, feeder or club. Feeder club, I think that's that's what you'd call it exactly. I think Rooney, Hayes, Shinny, obviously, um, have all come in the last few years. So, no, it's good to see. It's good to see that we're actually going to spend a bit of money as well. Uh, there's clear there's money in the bank. Derek McInnes won't say anything until anything is final. We know, like that, that. That's just what, the way that the club operates. So I think that um, I'm happy at that. There's also talks maybe about... Um, there's still Will, Will Vokes um, and Ooh. and obviously Blair Alston as well. So Connor Park is sitting there, kind of grinning, <laughs> a wry smile. So um, I mean, I, I still think we could probably get better players if if any came available. But um, that's quite interesting. That it's good to see. I think that Scott is quite refreshing. A team other than Celtic are spending money. I mean, obviously we got Kenny McLean in last year, but apart from that, I think that Celtic were the only team to spend. And you know, if, if it's if it helps us this season, then I'll, I'm all for it. Connor Park furiously typing up Blair Olsen's release clause, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> I promise you, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't. Think, I, I, don't uh, I don't think that. I, I can't see that one personally, um, especially after signing Tansy. I don't think they would. They would spend money, Tyson. Yeah, but I can't. Aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, and then the Bill Vaults one I, I don't think was ever going to happen because I don't think Aberdeen would spend or would spend the money that the that, that group looking for for that one um, but no I, I like to think we'll get through the day without anybody uh, leaving um, and I think I can I mean certainly at the moment I don't think there's anything on the horizon um, so I would be looking hopefully that we can get we get through today with the squad intact, and I think that I think that'll happen. Yep, Lewis Kemp, Celtic look like well, they have definitely signed the Manchester City player Jason Roberts on loan, an eighteen-month loan. It's been revealed he looks like a, an absolutely cracking player. Yeah, I saw a goal. He Patrick scored, Roberts, uh, even Patrick Roberts. Patrick yeah, Roberts. Uh, there was a goal shared on Facebook. I think it was for the the Man City youth team, which. Uh, very good goal. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, we've got a lot of midfielders as it is. So uh, be Jason interesting to see Roberts. what happens. Sorry, <laughs> I, was, I was just getting looks from you there, and I wondered if I'd said something. Then I realised I've said Jason Roberts. Do you expect to see Colin Chasm Richards join Celtic? <sighs> he certainly has a bit of a reputation um, off the field. Um, I've got a wee stat here. He's uh, had more yellow cards in his career than he has scored goals. It's always um, good. Was uh, remember Mubarak Wakaso? Was he yes. not? Was he not the exact same? He'd had like three yeah. red cards and like two career goals. Or the something. only reason I remember Wakaso is because uh, he was rated quite highly in FIFA like, <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. But I think he's the highest rated uh, Scott uh, SPL player as it was at the time. Mm. And now their um, Chief G looks like he's yeah. Chief G, well. I think the idea is Chief G would go in the opposite direction and we'd get Casim Richards. So uh, one. Um, Player with a bad reputation, uh, swapping him with another player for the, with the exact same reputation. So, well, I don't know we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's certainly a player that puts him about, uh, put, puts himself about, and um, um, I mean, we'll, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It just seems like um, the scouting department itself, I think it always seems to be kind of uh, this player. Um, 
seems an alright striker, but the, the league's rubbish, so he will obviously score a, a bucket load up here, and that's not bit, always the case. Yeah, bit of a marquee signing, I think. They always seem to pull it out of the hat in January, yeah. but um, Colin Carson Richards, I think he's also he's banned at the moment for punching a journalist, yeah. so I think we've got to be careful where we go to a Celtic press conference. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I'll get my boxing yeah. gloves on. Yeah. Callum Fisher looks like Michael O'Halloran is going to be the big deadline day story today from St. Johnson to Rangers. We've heard that £500,000, three hundred up front with Nicky Law included somehow attached along with that. Yeah, um, yeah, he's, I think, been the main target throughout the window. Um, I was never really... You know, I, I'm happy that he, he looks to be coming in. He's a good player. Um, but I wouldn't have been you know, distraught if we hadn't got him in. Um, you know, I'm 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 happy with the business we've done this this window. You know, we've got Josh Windass and and Matthew Crooks coming in in the summer. Um, obviously, we've seen Gus Tomsky as well. Um, and uh, the lad McLeod from Wolves appears to be coming in and going into the development setup, and obviously Billy King as well. So, you know, we've we've freshened up things a little bit. Um, I think. You know, it looks as though a few players could be on their their way out. Certainly not in this window, but it appears it's been made clear that some players will be, be leaving in the summer and, and we've signed Halliday and Holt to new long term deals as well so I'm, I'm really happy with how we've done, I think O'Halloran will add something um, to, the, to the squad and you know, fair play to the board you know, there's been questions, do, do we have the money to to, to buy you know, O'Halloran or whoever and, and they've put up money that St Johnston have found you know, acceptable and, and they've shown they do have money so fair play to them and O'Halloran coming in you know, will add something and, and, and pleased that, that he appears to be joining yeah, Ross uh, McMullen, Paul McMullen seems to have left St Mirren even, they've seemed to have uh, cut short his loan spell and he is back away to Celtic, anything else? He'll not last long at Celtic, no I don't think so, I think that's us, I, I think Clarkson and uh, Boyford and D, Irvin, Irvin, aye, decent signings um, so I think you've got to look at that and hopefully, hopefully the boy from Falkirk as well can't forget about him, uh, Cooper. So yeah, he's always impressive when I've seen him and he looks like a decent, like a good fit. You know when you get signings that are a good fit, he seems like a good one. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I think we've always said we've actually got a decent squad there. Um, it's just getting them to tick. Um, but I think that you know bringing in players can only help strengthen it. Um, so the the more the more the more the merrier. We'll go with. <laughs> Osman So is in China. Yes, we saw that. Mental. Money. Money move. And Poor. Don Cowie's gone to Hearts. Yeah, Don me. Don Cowie has signed for Hearts. That's quite a good deal as well. Johnny, you were the ones that first told me about that earlier on. That seems like a another good fit. I mean he probably he probably goes into that team and he just adds the likes of Danny Swanson who have gone in earlier on in the season as well, just adds to a bit of depth that Hearts are building there. And uh, also a sort of replacement for so, I suppose, if, and a much cheaper replacement. Um, good profit for them. But looking at Aberdeen, I thought Aberdeen were actually going to sign Don Cowie. And it's, it's a guy, it's a, he's a guy, sorry, with a lot of experience. Um, Greg Tansy, prob- maybe the better option um, when you compare him to Cowie. Um, but overall, I think I've... I've Seen a few Aberdeen fans, and they're a bit disappointed with with how they've done in the transfer window. Um, prior to the Tansy signing, with Quinn leaving, they've lost maybe a bit of depth at the back. Ward, of course, has gone through no fault of their own. So Tansy, maybe they would have liked Cowie, but Tansy is a good sign, and and for cheap, I was saying to Connor earlier actually Inverness for the amount of players they produce, 
they don't seem to get enough money. Two hundred thousand for a first team quality player is not a lot. Mm. Transfer window's exploding. Gareth <laughs> Gomez to Hearts as well. Yeah, as oh, to Dundee United. Motherwell, even third time lucky. <laughs> Wonderful signing for them by the looks of things. Uh, Hibs boss Alan Stubbs does not expect to do any more business. I am not anticipating doing any business, says Alan Stubbs. <laughs> Very basic quote from there. Falkirk have released Thomas Grant. Uh, he'd been on loan at Arbroath last season, but he's now free to move and find a new club. Um, anything else happening, boys? I had a, I had a wee question for us and the 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 followers on Twitter and Facebook and the likes. Well, who would you rate higher, Kenny McLean or John McGinn? This is from a certain point of view, John McGinn. But then I think Kenny McLean's playing at a higher level. We could argue, so yeah, well, you can't. He is playing at a higher <laughs> level. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know. I'm just so <laughs> I'm not saying. That. I thought you said there's like an argument for it. No, anyway, that we're getting off. I would say Kenny McLean at the moment, and since his since the pair have left St Mirren, Kenny McLean's been the the better player. But John McGinn maybe more potential. Mm. Kilmarnock don't expect to do any more business either and Grant Holt has rejected Dundee United the striker left Wigan last week Dundee United had hoped to sign him but it appears to have fallen through as Holt wants to stay in England what is it about Grant Holt and last minute transfers to Scotland it's like teams team. are desperate that's probably the connection mm. there it's the marquee signings for Dundee United um, in this transfer window as well we've seen him up on goal what's he done since he came in I kind of said that with him and Guy Demel. yeah they all seem to have been quite good about yeah. seven or eight yeah. years ago yeah. so. give, give Demel a, uh, a yeah, lot of credit he, get, he gets sent yeah. off in the derby so <laughs> right. no, I, tell you, I think Guy Demel's actually if he can stay injury free he'll add something cinema upon goal I'd, I'd, I'd be doubtful if he'll I'd, I'll, I won't back him to reach two goals this season let's just <laughs> say that hat-trick this Liam Caddis has left St Johnson, the 22-year-old's free to find a new club. Uh, I think that's about it for now. Is there any other mental transfers you want to throw out there, Conor? No, it's not mental, but it's more because more um, Kelly Cowles here. Um, I would have said that... I'm looking down, down south, the kind of Scottish player in Chris Maguire being released from uh, Rotherham. Surely that's one that Kilmarnock should be looking to try and, to try and bring in. They've got McGuinness though, Boyd mm. as well. I think one that you know is interesting from a Scottish perspective: Stephen Fletcher to Marseille. Mm. <laughs> See the shock in your face, Hamish. <laughs> I, I, I'm a bit surprised. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the thought was that he was going to join Celtic at the end of the season, but uh, clearly if Marseille have gone in for him. Twelve point five million. Oh goodness me! I mean, Jordan Rhodes are talking about twelve million for him. How, Aye, how I fell through though, unfortunately. And, and Naismith 9 million how have we get strikers that are worth 12, 12 and 9 million and we can't qualify for the Euros how is this possible I think the only one there that's worth that money is Naismith personally I would actually agree with you there as well yeah. former Celtic player Georgius Samaras looks like he's going to somewhere Where? in America D- DC United remember DC United were famous Freddie Adu Freddie Adu yeah. what a player we're going to be here all day if we continue like this mm. just brilliant but that's signing from well, League One, and Mark McCausland said he wanted to move abroad. He got released by Dunfermline, but I don't know where where he's planning to go. Because see, when people say abroad, you always think it's the USA, China. like Ireland. Oh, he, and Mark McCausland playing in China. Well, I suppose he probably doesn't even know what that is. <laughs> Harrison Reed uh, 
like the midfielder from Southampton is apparently you know he's been linked on loan with Rangers as well just for chucking <laughs> transfer rumours out there and Lewis is showing the studio a picture of Daniel Kuzan for yeah, <laughs> some yeah, we are hearing reports that Daniel Kuzan may be heading to Clyde with Barry Ferguson looking to put <laughs> the striker back in that's a really bizarre one isn't it yeah. But who Very knows? Bizarre. Who knows? Stuff happens in transfer deadline day. Do we expect to see any massive transfers going through? I think we all expect to see O'Halloran joining Rangers. Will probably be the big story. Maybe Kazim Richards to Celtic. Also, I certainly think the signing of Don Cowie to Hearts and uh, Tansy to Aberdeen could be big ones as well. There's lots to get excited about. I think. I think Celtic just keep replacing one striker with attitude problems when I'm not even just give it a apparently, <laughs> I've just seen on uh, Twitter apparently Kazim Richards is currently suspended in Holland for punching a journalist I just, we've literally just said that do you not listen no thanks for listening to me Carl. sorry that's <laughs> bad I was too busy <laughs> focusing on Lewis and Daniel Kuzan yeah. yep no worries guys then we'll let you say your, your final goodbyes then Ross goodbye. Clark goodbye Johnny Clark Lewis Kemp Callum Fisher Matt Finlay Connor Park and Kelly Cow, who joined us earlier, Callum Scott. Thanks very much, guys, for taking the time today to join us. It's a bit of a hectic podcast. We've all had our thoughts across. Stay in touch with us on Twitter. We'll be bringing you up to date with all the Transfer Deadline Day stuff if you're listening to this on whatever day this is, Monday. If not, then we probably won't be bringing you up to date with Transfer Deadline because it will already have ended. Um, we'll, be, we'll be out of games this week bringing you up to date with that and also the rest of the news. So stay in contact. Tweet us what you thought of today's podcast. That's to at Burstball Podcast. You can get us on Facebook, the Burstball Scottish Football Podcast. You can get us on the website. That's www.burstballpodcast.net. If you want to write for us, you can click on the Write For Us part of the website. That's on the top right-hand side of the homepage. And from there, you can either email us at editor at burstballpodcast.net or fill in the form. We're looking for writers to produce content, blog content, uh, and um, get your name on the website and write about your club let everyone know what you think about your club and get your feelings across thanks very much guys for joining us thank you for listening and we will speak to you on Friday with a preview of the big weekend cheers <laughs>